0: 44% of American households have credit card debt. Credit cards can provide a platform to establish credit history, make large purchases, or treat ourselves to a vacation or a spa day. Some people, however, use credit cards merely to stay afloat while they look for ways to increase their income. Credit cards are also incredibly profitable products for banks, with $12 billion in late fees adding to that profit. Tally is the world's first automated debt manager that makes it easy to save money, manage your credit cards, and pay down balances faster. Tally sees the future of personal finance as completely automated, powered by robo-advisors that will not only pay your bills for you, but will also make recommendations on how to best make your money work for you to help you achieve your financial goals. Tally offers a credit card manager, debt manager, late fee protection, and a line of credit. With Tally, consumers still use credit cards for rewards, but without the stress of payments, late fees, and penalties. Tally works on behalf of the consumer and doesn't make money unless it saves the consumer money. Tally may sound like yet another fintech app, but it has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, and Mashable and has raised $42 million. In this episode, Jason Brown, the CEO of Tally, joins me for a conversation about Tally, the future of automated personal finance and financial literacy. Jason Brown is the CEO of Tally. Jason, welcome to FinTech Daily. Thanks, Ben. Great to be here. So today's show won't be a real technical deep dive, but we're going to focus more on the consumer side of fintech and, and a company that is quickly making its mark on the fintech industry. So Jason, I believe your background is, is similar to many other people in our country. You grew up in a modest home, what I would probably consider a middle-class family and not necessarily wealthy by some definitions. And when, you, when it came time to go to college, you had to grind it out like a lot of us did with scholarships and loans and... Even did a hustle with your own painting company, which apparently did uh, really well. So tell us how your upbringing led you to start Tally.
1: Well, you know, I was born to my parents when they were really young. And, you know, my mom actually didn't graduate from high school. She had to get her GED. And my dad was actually uh, going to law school. And so in the very early years, we had very little means. And there was actually folks in the church we went to uh, were actually making donations to my family to keep us afloat in those really early years. And my dad actually ended up making the decision from a career perspective to go in to work for the state and be a public defender and defend people who didn't have representation. So we never really had a lot of money and my mom stayed home. So, you know, the means were not there for a good portion of my upbringing. And what really stuck with me, I think I was six when I first realized that there's just a lot of stress around finance in my home. And I think I was about 13 or 14 years old when I realized that, you know, even when you have very modest means, you don't necessarily have to have all that stress. And then there are ways of managing your money and, you know, using the kind of knowledge that you can gain from, you know, reading books and and talking to experts to really reduce that anxiety. And, And as I've grown up, I now... You know, very passionate about building an automated service that can actually do most of your financial thinking and your financial work so that it can really alleviate the kind of stress that was always present in my home growing
0: up. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's for sure. I can relate to that as well. And I think many other people can too. So that's, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I will admit kind of candidly, so I came across Tally via a YouTube ad and, you know, I, I thought the process was compelling, but it did kind of sound like one of those infomercials that promise to pay off all your credit card debt and, and the whole song and dance and kind of, you know, sounds a little bit too good to be true. Then I did some research and, and realized that, OK, there is for sure some some validity to what Tally is all about. So, you know, just, just talk about how Tally is different from those infomercials and really putting yourself into a position where people could see Tally as a viable option to paying down debt quickly.
1: Well, just to kind of set the stage, so 44% of American households have credit card debt. So, this is a a really big, hard, unsolved problem in this this country. There's a trillion dollars of of debt. And the reality is, it's just really hard to chip away at that debt. And what we set out to do initially at Tally is we wanted to fully automate the job of paying off your credit cards. We wanted to be able to build a technology that could do the hard work for folks. So, we, over the course of three years, built what is now the first and only automated debt manager. So what that means is it's an app. First, you download it in the app store. Second, you actually put in your cards. And then third, after you passed our soft credit check, we actually take over the responsibility of paying all your cards for you. And what this allows us to do is to actually... First off, save you money on interest. So if you're getting charged interest by the banks, we actually algorithmically and automatically move balances over every night from your cards to tally at a lower rate. So it's always lower than what you would be paying. So the second benefit is we can guarantee you'll never get a late fee. So there are $12 billion of credit card late fees every year, and tally makes those late fees go away. And then the third and most important thing is the way the algorithms manage your cards And help you pay is it actually cuts the time to get out of debt in half. So it's really about taking away the stress and the burden while also allowing these algorithms to make it so that you can get into a good spot much more quickly than you would on your own.
0: Wow. Okay, great. We'll definitely unpack some of that here in a little bit. So just kind of briefly tell us how does Tally make money? So Tally is designed to only make money when we're saving our
1: customers money. So What Tally does is it automatically detects all the interest rates on your cards. And if it says, hey, Ben, you're getting charged this, let's say, 20% APR on this card. And you know what, Ben, based on your your credit score and everything, you really deserve, let's say, an 8.9% APR. So it'll actually be moving over those balances every day that are at those higher APRs and move them to Tally. Okay, so instead of paying your credit card bank that 20% APR, you're paying Tally 89 And the way that we're able to offer lower rates is we actually borrow money in bulk from banks. So there's a whole portion of the banking industry that doesn't have credit cards. And these banks have lots of deposits and they want to pay interest to the people that make deposits in their banks. So they actually loan those deposits to us so that we can give you, Ben, a much lower rate. And then we get paid a management fee for doing that. So we make sure that we're always aligned with the consumers and that the only chance that we have to make money is when we're actually saving our customers money.
0: Okay. Wow. That's great. That's great. And then kind of on that line of, you know, the banks that want to buy uh, from in bulk from you. So what strategic partners does Tally have?
1: We actually are not public about the uh, partners we work with, but sure. uh, just to give you some more context, all the credit cards, that trillion dollars of credit card debt, it's held by about 20 banks. So there's 20 banks that have really big credit card businesses. And Ben, you might find this surprising, but credit cards are the most profitable bank product. Sure. So these banks love charging late fees and high APRs. And Tally works with all the other banks that don't really have those credit cards. And these are, these are normal banks that you might have you know, a checking account or a deposit account with. So it really is great for the consumers that we're able to tap into those lower lower interest funds from all those other banks. Got it. Okay.
0: No, that that definitely makes sense.
1: And and One one thing that's worth noting, and actually, since you're a fintech expert, you know that most fintech companies, they have a lot of strategic partners from a technological perspective. Mm -hmm. So the normal way that fintech set up is they actually partner with a bank and they use the bank's technology and the bank's licenses to do business. And we actually took a very different approach. We actually built an entire bank from the ledger up from scratch. So it took about three years to build the underlying infrastructure that makes Tally possible. So the, the ability to make decisions for customers that are mathematically optimal, and then the ability to actually do the financial work, so pay the cards, automatically lend, things like that, We ended up building that all from a tech perspective from scratch, as well as going state by state to get all the license necessary. Mm -hmm. So Tally's in the fortunate position that we don't have to rely on strategic partners in the traditional sense to be able to offer our services
0: to our customers. Okay, awesome. That sounds great. And I will say too, so when I was doing the research about Tally before we got on to the show here, I was a bit blown away that I read you've raised over forty million dollars already. And <laughs> I think for people who watch Shark Take and things like that and they hear about these valuations and some of the the things that, you know, companies are able to kind of invest or raise on their own, it's it's nowhere near forty million dollars. So I think we'd love to hear more about, you know, what your investors are saying about Tally's potential in the market.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I mean, we, we have been fortunate to be so supported. So let me set the stage a little bit just so we can kind of understand the context. So the first wave of fintech started about 10 years ago, and that was right after the financial crisis. And I, I call wave one. It's all about mispriced markets. So this is, you know, the student loan lenders and a lot of the online lenders, and they, they were doing things that the banks weren't doing and serving customers that were underserved, but there was no real technical differentiation, right? They sure. had no technology. Yep. Wave two is really where we're at right now, and this is a mobile tools wave. So this is, this is a lot of like your Robin Hoods and your Chimes, the neo banks, And, and this, this wave right here is about giving you a really amazing mobile UI UX. And it's about nouns, it's about, I'm giving you a checking account, debit card, uh, stock trading, and an amazing app. So we're at the very start of wave three, and wave three is automation. So wave three is is about verbs. So you really move from nouns that you, the person use, to in wave three, verbs that the services do to the nouns on your behalf. And so the reason why there's a lot of excitement in Italian in and investing in, in wave three is that most investors believe that the future of personal finance is completely automated. The idea that every single person in this country will have a dedicated AI that's super smart, never sleeps, doesn't have to eat, and it will make most of our financial decisions, and it'll also do our financial work. So there's a lot of excitement in the investment community to put dollars behind making Wave 3 become a reality, and fortunately, we were the first company to, to really recognize that that's where it was headed. And so we've received some strong backing from some great investors.
0: Fantastic. That sounds awesome. And everything laid out makes a lot of sense, especially in the the automation space. So speaking of which, that's a good segue into the technology, the tech of the fintech, if you will. So without getting too deep into it, but I would like to hear a little bit about Tally's technology stack and if you're using the cloud and things like that.
1: Perfect. Well, maybe we'll start from kind of our our framework for how we built our technology. So we said, okay, well, if we want to be able to do all of Ben's financial thinking and his financial work, how do we architect this technology? So we said, well, the base layer has to be a decision layer. okay, and that layer has to be able to ingest data across the entire financial industry for information that is relevant to Ben, right? So for managing your cards, it's all of your cards, your due dates, APRs, all those kind of things, right? And then you have to have algorithms that can take that data and turn it into a mathematically optimal strategy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's kind of like the foundation. And then once you know what should happen, then you actually have to do it. And that involves doing things in the real world. So the next layer up is the actual doing layer where we're actually moving money around, we're making changes on your behalf that are beneficial to you. And so our technology has followed suit. So we've built everything from the ground up. So We use uh, Scala as one of our main technologies on the back end. And as I'm sure your listeners know, Scala is a JVM language. Mm -hmm. So that's our actual financial platform. And that's the way that we've architected it is using something called microservices. So we break up the subcomponents of what's going on on the platform side into pieces. So, you know, there's a service that is, let's say, ingesting the data across all these different endpoints from banks. And then there's another service that's making sense of it. And then there's another service that's moving money. So it's all decoupled in a really elegantly designed way. And then on the front end, we're obviously we have apps. So our iOS app is mostly in Objective C with some Swift, and then obviously Android is a combination of Java and Kotlin. So at least at a really high level, that's where things are. And what's powerful about, I guess, the microservices is that we're able to have a combination of data stores. Uh, we have clustering frameworks, and then a message bus that is, you know, using most of the Lightbend Scala platform, and they all work together to be able to do people's financial work.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, the the microservices architecture has really uh, caught steam in the past few years, and it's pretty cool that you're able to leverage that as well. And for the developers that listen to our episode today, some of the success around big tech companies is about having a unique culture. So what's the culture around Tally, specifically around development teams?
1: So one thing that is pervasive here is that everybody's here for a reason. So nobody's at because they're like, oh, it's a cool job and I need a paycheck. Everybody's here because they care about our mission, which is to make all Americans less stressed and better off financially through automation. So, you know, quite honestly, there's a good number of people here who have some special connection to that mission, either personally or through friends and family. And then once we're kind of like past the fact that people are here for a purpose, I think people are really motivated by hard technical challenge. So one of the things that really gets me excited in the morning is that like, as we sit here today, no human being has ever woken up, gotten into a car that had no driver and no steering wheel and said, take me to Tahoe or take me to the Hamptons or take me to DC, right? That has not happened yet but it will. And it will in the, in the next maybe three years, maybe seven years. I don't know the exact time, but it'll happen. Similarly, nobody has ever woken up and said, hey, Tally, I want to own a home. And then Tally over the next, let's say six years, gets rid of your credit card debt, saves you a down payment, improves your FICO score, figures out kind of what size and price of home you can afford, and then gets a mortgage to pay for it all without you having to do any work. That's never happened either. So I think that the engineers that are here are really motivated by the idea that they have to solve really hard problems that haven't been solved before in order for us to achieve that mission that we have. And I think it's really motivating. And, and while it obviously means that the days are sometimes long and hard, it's also pretty exciting to be doing something that you know humanity has yet to experience, but it soon will.
0: I tell you, we can all get behind a product or a service that's serving the purpose of a mission and, and doing the greater good. And I laugh to myself when you're talking about the, the car that can take you to the Hamptons. You know, I I watched Knight Rider as a kid and I was like, I wish that kit did exist today, but maybe one day in the future and, and we can get talent to, to work with it also.
1: <laughs> I sure hope so. One of our earliest investors was one of the senior engineering leaders at Waymo, so Google's autonomous driving unit. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about how, you know, how hard some of these problems are, but how, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's four years or seven years or eight years, like at the end of the day, this is happening. And it's just like, this is going to have a huge impact on all of our, all of our lives.
0: And it's just pretty exciting. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So. Getting to more of the, the everyday user as far as, you know, getting approved to use Tally and actually you know, I'm ready to actually become a customer now. So let's just level set on credit scores and FICO scores. And this is to the basics of finance. Not everybody understands what those scores mean and how it impacts their credit and how it, how it impacts how do we get approved for Tally's uh, line of credit. So kind of walk us through just quickly the basics of your credit score and how it will impact you getting approved. Absolutely. So right now, in order to qualify for tally, you need a
1: 660 FICO score and above. Okay? Now, it's worth noting that about 70%, so 70% of the total trillion dollar balances outstanding on credit cards are held by people with 660 FICO. So this is the majority of, of the total balances. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is Tally is actually taking on your risk. So when we're saving you money and preventing late fees, we're on the hook for all your balances and payments. So that's why we do that credit underwriting. One nice thing about Tally is we only do a soft check so it doesn't negatively impact your credit score to see if you can qualify for Tally. That said, we are rapidly developing products that will, A, expand our current offering to people with lower than 660 FICO scores, and B, also have ways of supporting people regardless of their FICO score. So, you know, again, one of those big motivators for us is we want to be able to make everyone less stressed and better off financially through automation, not just people with 660 FICOs. So it's something that we're working on. It. This year, actually in the first half of this year, we'll have additional products and services out that will really expand that support to everybody.
0: Okay. No, that, that definitely makes sense. Great. So uh, you kind of hit it on already, but this as far as like maybe a few different personas that are kind of coming into play here as far as who would actually use Tally, who would actually use a service. So maybe just describe the typical Tally user, maybe one or two people that maybe your target audience or people that are, are more likely to use your product.
1: Yeah, well, so our average user is, you know, in their mid 30s and more than likely they went to college. And I think here's the reality for a lot of people that don't have big kind of social financial networks to rely on is like a common scenario is you you graduate from college, you got a ton of student debt, and you don't have that, you know, brother or sister that's maybe older who can, you can go live with or parents who can support you. And you've got those like two to six months right after you graduate, where you're trying to find a job, you got to get an apartment, you've got to buy some new clothes, so you can actually go to work. And that first year or two, your salary is really low and you're trying to make it, you know, oftentimes these days is in, in a city, right, which is expensive. And so the most common scenario is that, you know, by the time you're 25, 27, over that time period, you've racked up, you know, 10, $20,000 in credit card debt. And so the vast majority of people, it's not like they're irresponsible and they're just, you know, taking vendors in Vegas or something. Right. It's like literally just trying to get established in their careers. And, you know, by the time they're in their late, late twenties, it's like, okay, cool. I've got some income and I really need to chip away at this, this credit card debt. Cause you know, they want to start saving for things that they care about, right? They want to pay off their student loans. They want to maybe one day own a home. So it's really just hardworking people that are doing everything they can to make it happen, but they just need some help. And oftentimes they don't have the time to really optimize everything because it would, you know, honestly take probably five or six hours a week to do what Tally does automatically. Mm-hmm. So they just really benefit from having somebody kind of take that burden off off of their shoulders.
0: Yeah, the time saver is definitely something that would be appealing. So kind of recapping, you know, what happens behind the scenes when Tally kind of takes over and starts to automate those payments for you? Like what, what actually is happening so that the user has you know, confidence and feels secure and safe and confident about the fact that, hey, you know, my payment's going to be submitted on time?
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. So one thing worth noting is only 16% of Americans use auto pay for credit cards. The vast majority of us pay them manually. And on average, we have about four cards in the US. So that means you've got 48 due dates every single year you got to deal with. So what Tally is doing is it's, you know, obviously it has all the data on all your cards. So it knows the exact due dates, the amounts and everything. So we contractually obligate ourselves to make those payments for you. So, and we guarantee that you won't get any late fees. And if for some reason, something were to mess up, which knock on wood, hasn't happened yet, we would actually refund that late fee if if Mm -hmm. it happened. So we're putting our word behind this actually in the contract. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the core experience of of the Tally app is actually, it looks like inbox zero for your financial life. It's a picture of, of a person sitting at a table drinking coffee and Tally was architected in a way where it could it could do all those things for you, and there's only one thing you need to do each month, which is to pay tally. So the way that you actually pay tally is we are actually calculating based on your income and your spending and your debt what you can and should pay that month. And so we actually recommend the number that you can and should pay in that given month such that you don't have to do all the, the work and thinking and figure out, well, I've got these bills coming up. How much can I pay? Should I pay more? Should I pay less? So we're really taking that burden off your shoulders so that you can just press one button. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you can always customize it and let's say pay more or less. But we really like to have the the balance between, hey, we'll put our money where our mouth is. We're going to make sure things get paid on time. But when it comes to, hey, the recommended payment, you can always change it if you feel like you want to pay a little more or a little less.
0: Very cool. Just having a virtual assistant basically to help you pay your bills is a very cool idea. So I guess on that note, one of your, I guess, core components is Tally Advisor. It sounds like a really neat concept. So how did you all come up with that and how does it work?
1: So the way we came up with it was really when you you think about like robo-advisors, you usually think stock trading, Mm -hmm. right? But the reality is only 14% of Americans actively trade stock. So it's a pretty small group, right? Whereas about... You know half of us have credit card debt and a whole lot more of us have things like student debt and things like that it's like we need a freaking robo advisor for debt like we need something that will figure out how do i pay this stuff down in the in the best way possible and so we set out to build it and again one of the advantages of the architecture that we've created is that as we do more jobs we've already built the underlying building blocks so it's saying okay we already have the data we just now need to figure out like what can and should somebody be able to pay given, you know, this month they had their car break down and, you know, we know that they have these expenses coming. Well, this month, you know, the person probably can only pay, let's say $300. So we can do that math for them. And then let's say they get a tax refund. It's like, oh, wow, we have some more money to play with. Let's invest a good portion of that in paying down all this debt because that's obviously a great return for the customer. So it's, it's the ability to do all that thinking and calculation for people, I think is powerful because it gives them the. Peace of mind to know that hey, I can afford to pay this, and it's going to make a huge impact in helping me uh, get out of debt.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So I love talking about financial literacy, and you know, I have kids of my own. I want to understand money and understand how it can be a, a useful tool for you when it's treated in the proper way. So I know we we talked about how the the average user of tally really isn't you know someone just went to Vegas and blew all the money on gambling or whatever. Like they're trying to make ends meet. So are you aware of how much debt does the average tally user actually have?
1: When folks come to tally that they look actually like the national average, so the national average of indebted households is about Mm $15,000, which is what our average looks like. You know, the thing that is difficult, Ben, because I have kids too. How old are your kids? Actually, my
0: oldest is 10. My youngest is three.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So I've got a, a three and a half and a okay. six and a half. So, you know, I, I've been using the three jars method. So they get an allowance and there's three jars. There's uh, saving, spending, yes, and sharing. Yep. So obviously starting kids, kids off with that kind of basic idea that, Hey, as you get money, we're going to, you know, give, we keep it simple. So you give a third away, you save a third and you mm-hmm. spend a third. But like, once we get into the real world, life's way more complex. Like again, coming back to like, The scenario is if you graduate from college and you've got no social support from a financial standpoint, like you don't actually have a lot of options in our society other than credit cards. Like if it takes you three months to get a job and you're spending, let's say it costs you $2,000 a month to stay alive with rent and everything. I mean, right there, you could have easily $6,000 in credit card debt. So, you know, once you have the debt, the most important thing is to get rid of it. And so what we really encourage our customers to do is You know, the big things that you can cut back on usually are around like eating out and stuff like that. So a lot of other people's expenses are 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 kind of fixed. And you know, I mean I don't recommend people not going to the gym and stuff like that. There's like certain things that well, sure, theoretically you could not do, but like it's probably a good idea to stay fit as well. But eating out is one of those areas like that and like, you know, buying drinks are probably the areas where At least the data suggests that people regret those purchases more often than other purchases. So it's like if you can skip eating out like once a week, just like make a goal, say, hey, I'm going to skip once a week and I'm going to invest that into my debt. And then once you're out of debt, it's like, cool, let's keep skipping once a week. And let's invest that into my savings account. Like that allows people to really make progress and eventually get to where they want to be.
0: Yeah, that, that's perfect. And I love the three jars analogy. We're doing the same thing with our kids. And it's funny to hear someone that might be a little bit older talk about how, you know, they would have envelopes and within each envelope, they would have cash and that was for groceries and eating out and whatever. And like when the envelope was empty, that was it. So I think it's a great analogy for just knowing that this is your budget and you can't reach into the jar and pull anything out when there's nothing there. So I love the simplicity of the three jars example and just kind of setting some boundaries around what you can spend. And, you know, just because you have, quote, extra money, you shouldn't just spend it. You should, you know, invest it and figure out ways to uh, plan for your future. So I love how we've kind of framed that and set that up. The other thing I, I do want to touch on as well is do you have any success stories you can share about your customers that have really kind of used the Tally platform to positively impact their lives?
1: Yeah, so we have a whole bunch, actually. So Bethy Hardiman is on our team, and she's uh, one of our advocates for our, our customers and talks to them on a regular basis. She actually will go in different places in the country and meet up with them and grab coffee. So it's what we've heard from people cuz there's there's different stages right obviously there's people that have gotten out of debt and they're very excited about that but like you know being that it does take a good amount of time to get out of debt when you're you know let's say making $75,000 and you you have you know like 15 grand in debt like at the end of the day it's going to take you a good number of years to mm-hmm. get out of debt one of the things that we hear a lot is like hey tally's like a shelf to put my debt on it's just like i feel like this load is off my off my chest cuz it's like We did this study using a medical instrument to measure the anxiety that people feel when they have credit card debt. And two thirds of people with credit card debt have anxiety comparable to what you experience in a doctor's office waiting for test results. So this is very intense, you know, pressure on the chest, acid in the stomach. Like this is is something you actually feel. And once you're able to basically have an actual solution. And obviously the debt isn't magically gone the day you sign up for Tally, it's still there. But now you know that you're going to be making progress and that like it's handled and that you're headed in the right direction. So what we hear most is like the feeling of like relief and to say, hey, I know it's going to take some years to chip away at this, but like I know I'm making progress and that, you know, I'm not, you know, treading water or moving in the wrong direction.
0: Awesome. That must be very rewarding to be able to meet face-to-face people that have been able to pay off debt. That's, That's very, very cool. The last thing I want to touch on as far as financial literacy is really just around, you know, imagine that you were going, you probably done this already. Imagine that you were going to talk to a group of high schoolers. What would you tell them about the smart use of credit cards? And then what would you potentially tell them about becoming a user of Tally in the future? So, actually, a couple of months ago, I did go to a high school to talk to a group of kids about
1: finance. So, they were between ninth grade and 12th grade. And the first thing I taught them is that. In America, your FICO score is a critical number, and it's unfortunate, but two-thirds, about two-thirds of your FICO score is determined by how you Mm -hmm. use credit cards. So a big driver of whether or not it costs you a million dollars in interest to own a house or half a million dollars in interest to own a house over 30 years is going to be dependent on this one number. And so what I told them is that like, like it or not, you're going to have to get credit cards and you're going to have to manage them responsibly. And the best thing you can possibly do is get a credit card and never carry a balance. So how do you do that? Well, when you do get your first credit card, I think it's a good idea to pay it off weekly because if you're if you're paying your your credit card every single week you're going to be able to be much more mm-hmm. on top of it. Now, if you ever do have to carry a balance, I think if I were young, it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to give up every other Saturday and I'm going to work for like Postmates or Lyft or something is like try to get some more money so that you can get get that debt paid off. Is it really is worth doing whatever it takes to not end up where you're, you know, 10 or 15 grand with debt? But assuming that you you do manage your cards well, one of the nice things about Tally is you can put all your cards in, so you don't have to have debt in order to use Tally. We have a bunch of people who just use it to stay on top of their cards, and it gives you one central view, so you can pay all your cards through there. You have late fee protection, so you know, know you're never going to miss a payment, which obviously could hurt your FICO score. So hopefully, by the time high schoolers today are you know graduating from college, Tally will build a complete platform for financial automation, so that they. can't can put their entire financial lives in there, and then we'll be able to make sure that they're always in a good spot.
0: Awesome. That's really, really exciting. And that kind of leads into my my next question here. I read a quote from our interview you did with Business Insider, where you said, we will have a world where all your financial decisions and financial work will be done invisibly. I had to read it twice to make sure I understood what it was saying, but I wanted you to kind of talk about that quote and kind of how you see Tally fitting into the everyday lives of the normal American. So one thing that's kind of interesting, if you look at the lives of the ultra wealthy, okay,
1: they have complete financial automation today, right? Their financial automation is a team of really smart people in like Greenwich, Connecticut, and New York, okay? And on that team, they have a lawyer who's a tax specialist, and they've got an accountant and fund advisor, right? And the, the wealthy person will articulate objectives and say like, I want to own a yacht or you know, I want to donate 90% of my income to charity. Like there's a whole wide range of objectives that the ultra wealthy have. And then they articulate that objective to their team. And then their team says, okay, cool. That means we got to do some work. So we got to figure out what, what the best way to achieve that objective is, and then actually do it. So most of the actual work is invisible to the ultra wealthy person, right? Because when their experts come back, they'll give them kind of a summary of where we're headed, but it's not like the ultra wealthy person has to review all the data and all that kind of stuff. So what our view is, is that when you have built a completely automated system that mathematically can always make the right financial decision for you and then actually do the work, All the system needs to know is your objectives. Like, what matters more to you, cash flow or having a really high FICO, right? Like, the system can't decide that because that's really up to you. But as long as you can articulate your objectives and what, let's say, it's more important to me to be able to support as much of my kids' college fund as than it is to retire in a really nice house. Okay, cool. The system now knows how to optimize. So, The view is, is that the future state of personal finance will be, it's going to be invisible and ambient. So it's always there, but it's not something that you see. It's not in your face and it only needs to interact with you when it needs input to know things about your human desires and wants and needs. And other than that, it's going to be working 24 seven to make you better off financially.
0: Got it. This has all been super exciting. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about success stories for Tally in the the future. I guess last question for you, Jason, is kind of what's on the short-term technology roadmap for Tally?
1: Well, later this quarter, we're actually launching an additional feature in Tally, which is called Tally Save. And Tally Save is... A completely automated savings experience. So you just set a goal of, hey, I want to save a little bit of money every single week. And it actually sets that money aside from your checking account into a savings account. And you can set different goals. So you can set a goal of, hey, I want to, you know, vacation or saving for a down payment. Or you could say, hey, I actually want to also save to pay off my credit card debt. And so if that's the case, then your savings fund will automatically get applied to the right card. And that experience is completely free and anybody can use it. So regardless of your credit score or or things like that, and we're really excited to be able to make that service completely free, available to everybody. And then the roadmap that we're rolling out through the rest of this year and into next year is all building towards Tally will be able to do all of your financial thinking and your financial work. So the engineering ahead of us is about being able to actually Control those underlying nouns that we're talking about. so be able to control your FICO score, control you know your mortgage, your student loans, things like that. So we're building additional capabilities in there such that when again, when you have an objective, tally will be able to achieve that objective even if it involves you know doing multiple verbs and you know managing multiple different nouns in order to get you there.
0: Fantastic. That sounds exciting as well. Well, Jason Brown, CEO of Tally, I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for being on Fintech Daily today with us.
1: Thanks, Ben. It was a pleasure.